0: Good morning and welcome to Simply Science. It's Thursday, February 22nd. On today's show, we'll be exploring the science behind osteoarthritis treatments and how ETH Zurich scientists are using AI to accelerate drug discovery. Plus, scientists have finally solved the mystery of whale songs. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David and you're listening to Simply Science. We start off with a look into the promising world of stem cell therapy, which is emerging as a potential treatment for various medical conditions, including osteoarthritis. This innovative approach has the potential to revolutionize the field of regenerative medicine, offering new hope for patients seeking alternatives to traditional treatments. Here to delve into the science behind stem cell treatments for osteoarthritis is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you explain what stem
1: cells are and how they work in this context? Certainly, David. Stem cells are unique cells in the body with the ability to develop into different types of cells. They serve as the body's natural repair system, replenishing damaged tissues and organs. In the context of osteoarthritis, a degenerative joint disease characterized by the breakdown of cartilage, stem cell therapy targets the underlying cause of the condition. By harnessing the regenerative potential of stem cells, the aim is to repair damaged cartilage and promote tissue regeneration within the joint.
0: That sounds promising. Can you walk us through the process of stem cell therapy
1: for osteoarthritis? In stem cell therapy for osteoarthritis, stem cells are harvested from the patient's own body or from other sources, such as umbilical cord tissue. These cells are then processed and concentrated before being injected directly into the affected joint. Once injected, the stem cells work to reduce inflammation, stimulate tissue repair, and encourage the growth of new, healthy cartilage. This process is believed to slow down or even reverse the progression of osteoarthritis, providing long-term relief from pain and improving joint function.
0: What are the potential benefits of this treatment approach?
1: One of the primary benefits of stem cell therapy for osteoarthritis is its potential to offer long-lasting pain relief and improved joint function without the need for surgery. It addresses the underlying cause of the condition, offering the possibility of disease modification. Additionally, stem cell therapy is minimally invasive and typically associated with minimal downtime and few complications, making it an attractive option for individuals looking to avoid the risks and lengthy recovery associated with surgical interventions.
0: What should patients consider when thinking about stem cell therapy?
1: While stem cell therapy holds promise, it's essential for patients to approach this option with caution and realistic expectations. The evidence supporting its use is still evolving. Patients should consult with a qualified healthcare provider who can assess their condition, discuss treatment options, and provide guidance based on the latest scientific evidence. It's also important to thoroughly research any clinics or providers offering stem cell therapy and ensure they adhere to ethical and regulatory standards.
0: Are there any specific providers
1: you would recommend for this treatment? For those seeking top-tier stem cell treatment, Dr. Chad Prodromos at the Prodromos Stem Cell Institute comes highly recommended. His work is at the forefront of regenerative medicine, offering innovative solutions for a range of conditions. However, as always, it's important for patients to do their own research and consult with their healthcare provider.
0: Thanks for that insightful report, Michael. Now let's shift our focus to another promising area of research. Scientists at ETH Zurich are harnessing the power of AI to accelerate drug discovery. Their research emphasizes the importance of AI, particularly geometric deep learning and high-throughput experimentation, in speeding up late-stage drug diversification. Here to delve deeper into this topic is our correspondent, Bella. Can you explain how AI is being used in this context?
2: Certainly, David. The researchers at ETH Zurich are using AI, specifically geometric deep learning, to accelerate the process of drug discovery. Geometric deep learning is a type of machine learning that uses graph structures to model complex relationships and patterns. In the context of drug discovery, it can be used to analyze the structure of molecules and predict their properties, which can significantly speed up the process of identifying potential new drugs. And what about high-throughput experimentation? How does that factor into this research? High-throughput experimentation is a method used in drug discovery that allows scientists to quickly conduct a large number of chemical or biological tests. By combining this with AI, the researchers at ETH Zurich are able to analyze the results of these tests more quickly and accurately, which can help to identify promising drug candidates more efficiently.
0: How significant is this development in the field of drug discovery?
2: This is a major development in the field. The process of drug discovery is traditionally a long and costly one, often taking many years and billions of dollars to bring a new drug to market. By using AI and high-throughput experimentation, researchers can significantly speed up this process, potentially bringing life-saving drugs to patients more quickly and at a lower cost. That was Simply Science reporter, Bella, highlighting the promising application of
0: AI technology in drug discovery. Speaking of scientific breakthroughs, scientists have recently solved the mystery of how some of the largest whales in the ocean produce their haunting and complex songs. A study published in the journal Nature reveals that humpbacks and other baleen whales have evolved a specialized voice box that enables them to sing underwater. Here to delve deeper into this discovery is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about this voice box and how it works?
3: Certainly, David. Baleen whales, a group that includes species like the blue, humpback, right, minke, and gray whale, have a unique vocal anatomy. Unlike humans who produce voices from vibrations when air passes over vocal folds in our throat, baleen whales have a large U-shaped structure with a cushion of fat at the top of the larynx. This structure allows the whales to sing by recycling air and prevents water from being inhaled.
0: Interesting. And how did the scientists come to this conclusion?
3: The team, led by Prof. Cohen Elemens from the University of Southern Denmark, carried out experiments using larynxes that had been carefully removed from three carcasses of stranded whales, a minke, a humpback, and a sei whale. They blew air through these massive structures to produce sound. They also created computer models of the sounds, which showed that baleen whale song is restricted to a narrow frequency. And what
0: implications does this discovery have?
3: This discovery has significant implications for both our understanding of whale communication and their conservation. The study revealed that the noise we make in the ocean, particularly from ships, overlaps with the frequency of whale songs, potentially disrupting their communication. This could be particularly problematic for whales trying to find each other to mate in the vast ocean. The study also provides insight into questions that researchers have been asking for decades about these eerie songs which some sailors use to attribute to ghosts or mythical sea creatures.
0: So this research could potentially help in the conservation of these ocean giants?
3: Absolutely. Understanding how whales communicate and how human activities might interfere with this communication is vital for the conservation of endangered species like humpbacks and blue whales. The research also paints an evolutionary picture showing how the ancestors of whales returned to the oceans from the land and the adaptations that made it possible for them to communicate underwater. From the majestic creatures of today, let's turn our attention to our extinct human predecessors,
0: the Neanderthals. Not only were they known for hunting cave lions, creating art and cooking crabs, but a recent study published in the journal Science Advances reveals that Neanderthals used a multi-component adhesive to hold their stone tools together. This is the earliest evidence of a complex adhesive used by Neanderthals on the European continent. Here with more on this is our correspondent James. Can you tell us more about this study and its findings?
4: Certainly, David. The study was conducted by an international team of researchers who re-examined tools first discovered in the early 20th century at the Le Moustier archaeological site in France. These tools date back between 120,000 and 40,000 years ago, during the Middle Paleolithic era, or Old Stone Age. The researchers found traces of a mixture of ochre and bitumen on several scrapers, flakes, and blades. This mixture was used as an adhesive to hold the tools together. Interesting. Can you tell us more about the components of this adhesive? Ochre is a naturally occurring earth pigment that can be pale yellow, red, brown, and violet. Bitumen naturally occurs in soil and is a component of asphalt that can be made from crude oil. In the Lemoustier region, bitumen and ochre would have had to be collected from distant locations. This would have required a lot of time, effort, planning, and a targeted approach. The researchers were surprised to find that the ochre content was more than 50%. And how did this adhesive work? The researchers tested the strength of the adhesive material in the lab. When they used liquid bitumen, the substance was not really suitable for gluing. However, if 55% ochre was added, a malleable mass formed. The eventual mixture was sticky enough for a stone tool to remain stuck in it, but didn't adhere to the skin on the hands after it dried. This makes it a suitable material for a tool's handle. A microscopic examination of traces of how the tools were used and worn down revealed that the adhesives were in fact used to connect the tool to a handle. What does this tell us about the cognitive abilities of Neanderthals? The development of these adhesives and their use in building tools is considered to be some solid material evidence of the cultural evolution and cognitive abilities of early humans. Compound adhesives are considered to be among the first expressions of the modern cognitive processes that are still active today. This study shows that early Homo sapiens in Africa and Neanderthals in Europe had similar thought patterns. Their adhesive technologies have the same significance for our understanding of human evolution. That's fascinating. Thanks for sharing, James. And with that intriguing
0: note, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Science. We'll see you back here tomorrow.